Welcome to the Mosaic Marriage Podcast. And if you know anything about mosaics, you know they represent things that were once broken but were beautifully put back together. So you know it's got to be good. We bring real and honest dialogue from a husband and wife's perspective. From the good, the bad, and everything in between, we share how God can take brokenness and make a beautiful mosaic. Welcome back to another episode of the, the Mosaic Marriage Podcast. Podcast. Let's get it, baby. We back, man. Let's go. Uh, somebody is super hyped today. I'm hyped. Go Yankees. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get it. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode. We're happy you're here. Um, today, we're going to be talking about oneness in marriage and what that means. But first, as always, we have a hot topic for you guys. And so... Um, if you're like me, you're on social media a lot, um, and I saw this video, I think I saw it first on Twitter, then it made its way to Facebook, but it went viral, and it's a video of a husband pulling up in the car with his mother in the front seat, and you can tell they're from New York with their accents and everything. <laughs> That's my take on doing a New York accent, but anywho, uh, the mother's in the passenger side, he's driving. The wife comes out the door and she's like, hey, Mrs. Parker, you know, what's up? And you're going to move to the back seat, right? Like I'm getting in and they start going back and forth. She's like, I'm the mom is like, I'm not moving nowhere, honey. Like I'm here. I'm going to be here always. And she's like, but this is my car. Like you're going to get up out the front seat of my car. So anyway, it wasn't that nice. But um, that's in a nutshell. Husband gets out the car, is telling his wife to chill, calm down, like that's my mother. And <laughs> she's like, but I'm your wife. And he's like, well, I love both of y'all. I love both of y'all. Like, why are you doing this to me? So hot topic. This question has swirled around social media. It's for years, but now it's back popped up. Who comes first in a man's life, his wife or his mother? And what would you do? Well, to answer the question situation. off top, I mean, you know, the Bible says off top that um, a man shall leave his father and his mother, you know, for his wife. So therefore, leave and cleave. off top, you know, the wife comes first, but it's a wife. It's not girlfriend, fiance. It ain't, you know, my, my, my chick on, you know, my chick. It's going to be your wife, right? Your wife. But at the same time, you know, in that circumstance, it's a whole matter of respect. Like, it, it ain't even like, you know, she's already in the front seat. You know what I'm saying? If I was in that situation, you know, my mom would probably move to the back seat once we pulled up, you know, knowing my mom. But, I mean, it's just a matter of respect. It depends on what all is going on. There's different circumstances, man. Y'all going, where y'all going with all y'all in the car anyway? You well, know what you I'm can saying? tell by the video that they've, been at this a while like there's a power struggle between mom and wife well mom needs to know i mean you know like i'm saying i, I can't speak for somebody else because i don't know their situation and all that you know what i'm saying but my mom knows and my mom has you know moved and offered to move from the front seat to the back seat for you mm -hmm. so you know yeah we ain't got we no are we are <laughs> we all believe the same thing though so like when we talk about um that verse where you know you know I, I'm, I'm leaving my mother and my father for you you know my mom knows her place in that because she believes the same thing 
So, you know, I, I'm I'm fortunate enough to to be in a family where we all believe the same thing. But, you know, that's where I stand. I mean, that's what I believe. So, you know, mom, you know, you, you do a lot for me. You've done a lot for me. But you know that my wife in the pecking order, my wife is at the top of the totem pole in that point. Um, but the key word there is wife. Right. I think some moms, being a mom myself now, not that, you know, it's a long time before he's going to get married, but I think they just have a hard time of, you know, relinqu relinquishing control and just like giving up their baby per se, per se, especially when it's a mom and a son, like you just have this different kind of bond. Um, and even I think it was hard for your mom at first. I remember I used to tell you like, why is your mom always texting you asking if you ate? Like, do she think I don't feed you? Like, yo, you gonna eat? <laughs> like, tell her that you gonna eat. Mom, you ain't gotta ask me every day if I'm gonna eat. <laughs> it used to like drive me crazy, y'all. And that was so small and so dumb, but it would really drive me crazy. Like, does she think you're not eating? Does she think I'm not feeding you? Does she think like I'm gonna starve you or something? <laughs> What's going on? So I think mom just naturally have like this worry instinct. And then like, it's my baby, it's my son. Like I don't see them that much. In, in that instance, he said, I hadn't seen her since the whole virus started. So mom was like, this is my son. Like, I, I don't get to see him. Like, chill. But so for me, I would never disrespect my mother-in-law like that. Like, if she in the front seat, like, it's no biggie. Whatever. Cool. If it really bothered me like that, I'm not going to make a scene on the street. I'm going to probably talk to my husband about it and be like, hey, tomorrow, can you make sure your mom's in the back <laughs> of the car I pay for or whatever? Like, I don't know. If it really bothered me that bad. I wouldn't make a scene and, and do that, but that's gross. Like the old me probably would have pro maybe made a scene, but the new me is like, yes, yeah, it's, it's not that big of a deal. But in defense of my mother at the same time, it's a whole cultural thing. I think for my mom, when she, when she would ask me that type of stuff, I mean, she didn't, she didn't have any family in the continental U S except for me and my sister. Um, and so I think for her, it's just, that's just the way, she is, I mean, she's the same way about her brother and her sister and my grandparents. Um, whenever she talks to me about what's going on in Puerto Rico and what they got going on, and I mean, that's just her personality too. It's just, she, she's like a, a warrior and a protector because she's over here and her family, you know, still my family, but her, you know, family, is still in Puerto Rico with all the stuff that goes on over there with the earthquakes and the hurricanes and everything that seems to happen over there. She's just naturally a worrier. Yeah. And you would tell me like, she was like this when I was single, babe, like it's not you, that's just my mom and y'all lived far apart. So it, it, after knowing all those things, I, I, it didn't, I didn't trip too much about it. But at first I was like, yo, I see my mama like <laughs> two times out the year. I was like, yo, so, she just think I can't, I don't cook for you? Like, did you tell her something? Like, why she always ask me? Did yeah, you text be like, her? Man, like, she don't cook for me, man. I be starving. I be having to go to McDonald's, man, late night. Gotta slide through Whataburger. Nah, I'm just but for us, I, I see my mom like maybe two times out the year at the most. And so, um, you know, she, she always texts me, call me, tell me she loves me. And that, you know, she's always thinking about me. So. Yes. My mama there for me. Yes. And we love her. I love her. But, you know, in the beginning, and maybe these people were newlyweds, right? I don't know. But in the beginning, things just, as a new wife, you're just like on edge. Like you're trying to be perfect. You're wanting to be a good wife. You're wanting to, 
you know, make your in-laws know that they, you know, he married a good thing and all this kind of stuff. So you're just like on edge and any little thing is like, they think I'm not good enough. Why does she like me? And so depending on your personality, you can go off like chick in the video or, you know, you might get super insecure about it and and not say anything. It so. also goes back to just what the beliefs are. I mean, we all believe the same thing. You know, my mom's in the Bible all the time. My mom's always calling me and texting me about, you know, Bible verses and um, different messages that she's heard or watched or whatever. And she'll forward them things. So, I mean, we all believe the same thing. So it's not like it's new to any one of us or like, you know, it's, you know, everybody knows their place in terms of the Bible and that's what we go off of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think if we ever had to have that conversation and we didn't, we would obviously do it in a respectful way. Um, but I think your mom would definitely understand and be like, oh, she probably, like, oh, I didn't even realize <laughs> I was doing that. Sorry. And, and that would be it. But like I said, we don't really have those problems ever so we're blessed in that in that sense so what would y'all do in that sense have you had to deal with something like that do you have a, a mother-in-law father-in-law who steps over the line steps over their boundaries into your marriage uh how how is that happening for you guys let us know we want to we want to know we want to hear what you have to say and maybe give you some advice on how to handle it um just just have some dialogue, some healthy dialogue yeah. about it. I mean, yeah, we love to hear different perspectives and hear others' um, experiences. experiences because we only can talk about our experiences. So we love to hear other people's experiences and what what you guys are going through. So let us know. But moving on to our main topic, as I mentioned before, we're talking about becoming one. What does that mean? What What does it mean to become one? We always hear like, oh, you're married. You're one now. Now you're one. It's like, oh, so at the altar, does that like, is it like this boom that happens? And it's like, oh, we're one now. I feel your soul inside of mine. Like how, what does that mean? Is it automatic? Is it something you grow with over time? We're going to discuss that today and what we think that means and from prayer and our experience and what we've talked about with pastors and counselors and what we think that means. So um, in the Bible, in Genesis 2, 24, it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So, babe, what do you think that means? Um, I believe that um, becoming one in marriage just means that, you know, y'all understand each other. You're seeing the same type of thing. When you come up on a situation and you're able to communicate effectively if you don't in that moment so that you do get on the same page and are able to uh, confront or attack or whatever any situation that you come across. I agree with that. I think some couples and I think us included have struggled because our minds or our imaginations or our fairy tales tell us like becoming one being married it means that you always agree that you always are on the same page that you think exactly alike that you act exactly alike and that's how you know you have a good marriage and that you're one and i just think that's super unrealistic and it sets many people up for failure um i think it's a mike tyson quote that says that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth 
Um, and I think it's the same thing in marriage. You know, you jump into marriage and you think that everything is going to be good gravy. We're all we're going to see the same thing. We're going to react the same way. We feel the same way about every situation that we may face until uh, you're in that pocket and everything around you starts to uh, fall apart or attack you or you know, there's a fire around you and how are you going to react in that moment? And you see like, hold on, wait a minute. You know, my spouse may not see this the same way that I see it, or they may not feel the same way that I feel about this. And then not only are you trying to uh, combat whatever it is that you're going against, but at the same time, then you're, you know, uh, having to deal with, hold on, maybe my spouse, you know, might be against me too, or may not be supporting me in this or we're not on the same page like we thought we may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, when do you think the process of becoming one starts? Does it start before the altar? Does it start at the altar? Like, what do you think? Well, I think that um, in a time like wh- where we're at right now with this COVID stuff and this, um, you know, this Black Lives Matter type stuff where, you know, there's these conversations that you should be having before you get married with people, with your spouse that, you know, shouldn't come after you're married. And like, there's conversations that should be had. There's situations that you need to talk about. There's stuff in our past that we need to talk about. There's all these different um, situations that we need to talk about before you go through it. Like, um, you know, me being um, in the military and, and like you don't plan for a situation while you're going through it. Like you've already trained and gone and talked about it and what would happen in this situation and that situation. That's the, you know, those are the same kinds of conversations that you should be having in your marriage before you, you know, come across something like that. So yeah, I believe like it should happen before. Um, and we see these, um, you know, we see the news and we see blogs and all different types of stuff for these celebrity couples and stuff that are having these conversations after the fact that they're married. Um, and it's uncomfortable type of stuff to talk about to some people. And, you know, nah, that should be something that you should have talked about way before. Yeah. I think the process starts before marriage and that's when you kind of weed someone out or determine like, yeah, we could become one. We could be one. I can be married to you. It's in the dating process. Um, by having conversations and seeing where you stand on important issues like politics and religion and Black Lives Matter and um, equality and all those those things. Like, where do you stand? Like, if you are on opposite ends of the spectrum before getting married, like being married is not going to change where you stand. And that that becoming one in marriage is going to be very difficult. Uh, because y'all are already on opposite ends of the spectrum. If I was, you know, super duper conservative and my husband was super liberal, it probably it probably would be hard to make it work. Not saying that it can't work. I'm sure there's couples out there that it has, but I'm sure it's hard in certain times because you're like, yo, you're not my partner right now. Like we're literally against each other. Our, our house is divided. Like I always joke, like I could never marry someone who was an LSU fan. Or an Auburn fan, because like you make wrong, you make bad choices now. Like what? Why would you? Why would you like them? Like what are we gonna do during football season? It is. It just stresses me out. So those are kind of questions. Like you just have to know these things and 
and see if you can live with that kind of stuff forever. And are you willing to bend or is your spouse or potential spouse willing to bend and meet you in the middle? Are you okay to come to a common ground? Or um, That's why I think there are such things as deal breakers. And there's that's why these questions are important to ask before getting married. But I think becoming one, like being one, doesn't start until you are actually married. But the process starts before. So what does being one mean to you? What does that look like? To me, it means that we agree on big issues. We agree on goals. Um, we can come to an agreement on how to reach those goals by use, utilizing both of our strengths and weaknesses, knowing what those are. If our goal is to buy a house, right, uh, we we need to be on the same page of how much we want to spend, how much one, how much can we afford? How much do we want to spend? And how are we going to get to that point? Right. Like we need to be on the same page. I would say early on, like, I don't think we were one. It was like you wanted your way. I wanted my way. And one of us would just give. We might not be happy about it and we might bring it up later. Like, oh, I was right. We should have done it my way. Like, um, so it was just us operating individually and one person just being like, fine, whatever. But now I think we do a much better job of, hey, in five years, this is my my goal. What is your goal? How do we bring those two goals together? We both got to give a little, both, you know, to, to get there. And But for the most part, like, our goals are the same of where we see our family, where we see our future, where we see our marriage. Um, so I think that's, to me, what becoming one is, is just being on the same page in terms of goals, future, present, everything like the big decisions you have to make being on the same accord now you might disagree on how to get there and that's where the communication comes in um and you might take pieces of one spouse and pieces of the other spouse's process of how to get to that goal and you know make that your plan but i think to me just being on the same accord about like goals and future and all that good stuff that's one to me because you can't live, to me anyway, I'm a goal-oriented person. Like, I don't believe in just living aimlessly. But some people do, and maybe that's them becoming one, right? They all, they agree, like, we're just going to take it one day at a time. No need to plan anything. They're cool with it. They go with the flow. They're living their life on the beach somewhere, going, you know, living a, a slower-paced life, and that works for them. For me, I need a goal-oriented person. Like, I just think, for me, like, life has to be planned. So, um, I agree with most of that. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I like to, there are certain things, there are certain goals that do need to be made. Like we have certain goals, whether it's in a career or where our family, you know, goals in our family, where we should live, you know, where we want to be in five years. But I think there's room <clears throat> in that along the way where you can be spontaneous and go with the flow and, have fun and break out of that mold and still reach that point. Um, I know for me, a lot of times when I hear that phrase, you know, becoming one or we are one, you know, it, what comes to my mind is, you know, finishing sentences or, you know, looking at each other and knowing exactly what it is that each other is thinking. And I think that that may also be a part of it, but I don't think that's uh, as realistic as we're made to believe from books or movies or 
social media and that sort of thing where we're not always gonna think the same or see the same thing and that think that comes from you know our backgrounds uh our jobs maybe um the season of life that we may be in you know i feel like sometimes yeah we will finish each other's sentences and yeah maybe sometimes we do have the same type of thing in our mind but um you know, I think it goes with, I think it changes with the seasons that we may be in, you know, we, we, we have ups and downs in marriage. And I think that that is also one of the things where we may have a good season where we might be on the same page and then we might have a bad seasons where we're not so much on the same page. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think, um, like if I just use an example from us, it's for me, I, I, like, even if we're good or bad, I know if my husband's going to like something or not. Like I can look at a meme and I'm like, oh, he would think this is hilarious. So I send it to him. Or if it were, if I'm at a restaurant, I'm like, oh, he ain't going to like none of this. Or he's going to want everything. Let me call him and see which one. Like, oh, babe, I just found this new spot. You would love it. Like, what do you want? Let me send you some pictures of the food. I think to me, that's also a part of becoming one is just knowing your spouse. And with knowing them and learning them, it's communication, which is like, key, right? And every thing we talk about, it's like communicate, 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 but you can't stop learning your spouse. Uh, I think that's a part of becoming one is just learning your spouse and their, what their likes and dislikes and those likes and dislikes change over time. Like when we first got married, my, you would probably never be like, oh yeah, Disa wants salad. I hated salad y'all. If you ask my son what my favorite food is, he's going to tell you salad, mommy eats salad. (laughs) Uh, because you know, in seven years, my taste buds have changed. My metabolism has changed. I've gotten older, I've had kids. And so I've had to change my diet. So you just have to learn your spouse over time and just keep learning them. Yeah. And I definitely agree with that. Um, communication is the biggest thing. Um, you got to communicate because, you know, our love languages change depending on the seasons. Um, depending on how much time has gone by and what all has happened to us or what experiences we may have faced along the way, you know, we may value something different um, after going through something. And uh, so being able to communicate that, hey, you know, this is where I'm at or this is what I like or this is where I want to be in this amount of time is important. We can't just expect that okay you know we said i do so we know everything about each other we're you know we're on the same page we're always going to be on the same page because that's not reality you know we're not going to be on the same page sometimes and you know we can't expect our partner our spouse to know what's on our mind if we don't communicate that to them so when we all you know yes we we are called to be one but you know, we don't work at the same spot. We may not work the same hours. We may not experience the same things day to day. And when you add every day together and you've been married for years, you know, we we get we might get sidetracked or, um, you know, we might um, be shaped by what it is that we deal with on the daily that we uh, start to um, be pushed apart a little bit, pulled apart a little bit. And so unless we communicate, we're not going to know where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think just as easy as you can become one, it's easier to become two. 
Like, it's hard to become one, I should say. It's easy to, like, stay as two separate individuals. Um, I think that was, like, a downfall in, in us in what led up to, you know, our biggest downfall and our biggest, you know, transgressions against one another was just us not being on the same accord, not being one, us operating as individuals and not as a team. It was your thing and it was my thing. You led your life, I led my life. Um, and so I, I think becoming one is just like intertwining your lives together. There is no more, I mean, you can have your own friends, right? But there is no more mine versus yours. It's ours, it's us, um, it's our money, it's our friends, it's our house, it's our cars, it's our everything, like it's our life. And so I can't just get up and go how I want to go because if I do want to do that, like, because now I have a husband and I have to, you know, see how he's feeling and ask him if it'd be cool and, and vice versa. He has to ask me if it'd be cool and like what's going on and what if I have anything planned, it's no longer you. You have somebody else to, on the team to be to be um, accountable to. You know, but it's definitely just a work in progress to try to get there. I mean, it's um, the marriage is always being selfless, trying to outserve each other and just trying to meet each other's needs in every way possible. Um, you know, marriage is supposed to be a reflection of of Jesus and the way that he loved and served. Um, and we're called to try to meet that. And so although we will never reach that, that is still our goal to try to to try to do that for each other. Um, you know, he said there's no greater love. You know, we're called to serve each other like that. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And so um, to know how to be loved and all that, it still takes communication and it's a work in progress. Like, you know, we've been sharing, you know, it it takes us um, not being individual, but trying our hardest to be one um with our imperfect selves yeah and as the bible says like leave and cleave and that's how you become one and so another that that's when the two become one flesh so another way i think becoming one is like creating your own traditions like leaving leaving and cleaving your past your parents uh, leaving them and cleaving to your spouse and creating your own traditions and creating your own memories and your own future and not just saying, well, we did it this way in my family. So this is how it has to be like, that's not really leaving, right? That's bringing it with you, <laughs> bringing all that stuff and not accounting for whatever your spouse had to bring with them. And so I think leaving both of that back and maybe taking bits and pieces, but creating your own, like, oh, in your family, you open presents on Christmas Eve cool. We didn't. We never were allowed to. We only opened them on Christmas, but maybe now we can open one on Christmas Eve and open the rest on Christmas. And that's something that we do. And so that was a way of like create, becoming one and creating our own memories for ourselves and for our children and our family. Um, so I think that's big in becoming one. Is like the Bible always com combines those two things. The man leaving his father and mother and then cleaving to his wife. They, those things are always combined when talking about becoming one in the Bible. 
And so I think that's a big part of it is like leaving your parents, leaving your singleness, leaving all that and coming to your spouse and creating something together that's different, that's that's meant, that's made for the both of you, um, that you both agree on and that you, you know, you both have maybe brought things from your past to that, but that it's uniquely yours. And, and to me, that's marriage. Like, you know, your marriage isn't going to look just like your, your parents' marriage, even if they had the perfect marriage and you want to emulate that, like that's their marriage. Yours isn't going to look like that. So become one with your spouse and figure out what your perfect marriage looks like and not try to be exactly who your mom and dad were. And the way that you reach that is communication. Most important thing. Um, that's like the, the most common theme, uh, the most reoccurring theme and everything we talk about is communication and how we're able to express what it is that we're feeling, what it is that we're wanting um, and how we our goals and how it is that we're able, how it is that we're going to reach that. And um, just uh, just being realistic about where we're at and how we're going to reach the point in which we both want to be at. Um, so ways in which things to not do, right? Cause I, it's harder for me sometimes to talk about what you should do. Um, but since we've, we've, you know, we're not perfect. Right. So there are things we've done that I'm like, we should never do that. Let's tell people not to do that. Um, things you should not do if you want to become one, don't, um, hold secrets and hide things and lie to your spouse. Don't, um, overly criticize your spouse like all the time and make it seem like you're right and they're wrong and like they can never do anything right um and that your way is the only way and you have to do two plus two to get to four you can't do three plus one that is stupid like that's not gonna help you become one um don't go outside your marriage especially to someone of you know the opposite opposite sex of you for advice and to vent and all that stuff like that's not going to help you become one. Um, what things do you have for them not to do if they want to become one? Well, I agree with all that you've said. And just to reiterate on some of those things is just being transparent. I mean, you can't want something from your marriage and not express that to your spouse. Um, you know, if you want and you know me personally, I'm I'm big on the love languages because that's just you know everything falls into those. So like if I want words of affirmation that I and, and you're not giving that to me, then I should ask you or remind you that that's something that I'm wanting. Or if that's a love language of mine that has changed through the season, then I need to express that to you. Versus you know holding it in and being upset and feeling hurt that I'm not receiving that from you when I haven't made it known to you that that's something that I need or that I'm expecting from you. So, um, yeah, for sure. Just, just being transparent and sharing how it is that I'm feeling. I can't expect you to be a mind reader and to know exactly what it is that I'm going through or what I'm feeling if I haven't shared that with you. And if I have shared that with you, then I need to find a way to be able to communicate that with you in a way that um, you're able to receive clearly so that you can meet that need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And so like with you talking, what I've heard is like oneness flourishes in safe spaces, right? You have to feel safe enough to be transparent 
And so have your marriage be a safe spot, even if it's going to be hard to talk about, hard to hear, like just know that you can talk to your spouse about anything. And I think that's where oneness can grow and happen over time is just being that being that safe person for your spouse to come to and be able to tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, and, you know, know that you're not going to bite their head off, uh, but that you're there to listen. And and if it has to do with you changing or, you know, doing something or turn that you're willing and able to, to do that too. Um, yeah. So even, <laughs> I might keep this in, I might not, y'all. But even uh, while while recording this episode, we had to pause and be like, and I was like, wait, we are not on the same page right now. What are you doing, sir? And he's looking at me like, what are you doing? What do you mean? I don't. So you know, we're talking about oneness and we're struggling with oneness while while recording this. That's how the enemy works. Um, so don't let him divide you like a a three chord strand is not easily broken. And so make sure you're connected to God so that, you know, no, nothing and no one can destroy what God brought together. And again, it's a work in progress. Sometimes we might be on the same page or about certain topics. We might be on the same page, other topics we may not be. And that's all a part of the process and um, going through experiences and learning as we go and, seeking the the right ways to fix our marriage or to better our marriage or just the right ways to deal with each other. Uh, it's all a work in progress. You know, we're still trying to reach that point. And again, sometimes we might be on that same page and sometimes we may not be. But our goal is always to be one, no matter what. Like in public, I think, oh, before we end this, I think public spaces like you always have to be one with your spouse like even if you wholeheartedly disagree don't don't disagree in public like loudly with your spouse that is not going to make either person feel good and you know it's just going to show the divide and that's an easy way for the enemy to come in and um and and widen that gap between you guys so I think in public, like always be on the same accord as your spouse and like disagree in the car, <laughs> disagree when you get back home, but in public, like always have your spouse's back. I agree with that. So I think I might've stole part of your, uh, your verse, but what's our verse of the week, babe? All right. The verse is going to be Mark 10, seven and eight. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Yes. So we've kind of talked about that verse all episode. So um, I'll just leave you guys with a challenge. Just communicate this week. Write down, you know, your five-year plan, your, your goals. Talk to each other about where you see yourselves in five years. Dream with each other. Um, talk about things that have gone right, things that have gone wrong, areas where you feel like you're one and areas where you think you have some work to do um, and then get to work. You know, it's a process. And I think it'll be a process until we take our last breath. So don't give up. Um, We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. See you next time. Bye.